someone was out there throwing a spear last weekend, what did you do? Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Spartan Race. And yes, throwing a spear is part of it. There's a lot of other things going on there in the race as well. Make a public commitment. Put a date on the calendar. Let's do a Spartan Race together. If you use code SPARTANDAD, that's code SPARTANDAD, you'll get 25% off any race. For those wanting to race in Nashville, I have a way you can get your whole race paid for. Reach out to me. Check out Spartan Race. Use code SPARTANDAD. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a store, you're a group, you're a blog, you're a podcast, you're a distillery, whatever it is, you need laser edge glassware at wholesale prices. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to get you in touch with the whole family behind distilleryproducts.com doing amazing things. We use them. You should too at distilleryproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coors. Whether it's the chaser, the traveler, the camper, the barrels, the roto-molded coolers, be the coolest dad this summer at the pool, at the beach, camping, whatever it is you're doing at orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. That's code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. And make sure you check out coming this summer. They're going to have their 10th anniversary cooler. It's going to be pretty cool. And then you can laser on that chaser teeny. You can put logos on there, custom stuff it's going to be really cool use code dad season for 20 percent off at orcacoolers.com so tim everyone knows you everyone loves you except for zeke and i just want you to know that i recorded an episode three hours ago with zeke and he has been away from his girlfriend for six days with his kids in georgia and when it came time to whether or not he was going to record with you he decided to netflix and chill with his girlfriend instead i say this because it hasn't publicly been announced that zeke baker has a girlfriend you are getting the exclusive i was gonna say so like first off i am not offended and if i were in his shoes i also would not be here but then it would just be (laughs) the two of you talking to each other which you do all the time and that would be well that's what you do all the time right you got at least someone else here so i am not offended i actually fully support his decision uh i love that we're breaking the news that he has a girlfriend to the public on a podcast this is what happened I mean, he asked for it by not showing up though like this is how this is how it goes a hundred percent so this is our yeah. cold open and what happened is earlier he let it slip on the podcast that he had a date he didn't say girlfriend he said date and then so we have a group chat of our friends and i made sure to tag him like four times and i said zeke i'm going to say to tim that you have a girlfriend tonight and he's like what and i'm like i'm gonna say that you have a girlfriend you said date earlier i am breaking the news that's what you get for leaving me high and dry well i re- i remember the last time we recorded because i was tech i was messaging you guys or emailing you guys and i said how do you determine time frame day of week you know i'm pretty flexible nights whatever and the response was, well, once you make sure kiddo's down, and then we base it off of his dating schedule. So it was kind of, <laughs> you know, kids down and dating schedule, which is why I think Sundays and Mondays tend to be a recording days. It was so, what days does he have his kids, number one? And then right. if he doesn't have his kids, did he have a date? Well, is now there, a date? there is a very special woman. I like her very much. She has locked him down and he's got a girlfriend. Well, I'm psyched for him. I'm psyched to I'm psyched to hear about her. We're not going to call her out. You know, no, no full names. This is just the world announcement that she exists. So we can't, you know. No, anything real. else, any more details on top of that is for him right to now. divulge and not us. Close. 
Very, that's fair. That's Breaking fair. news. You've heard it first on Dad's Drinking Bourbon News. This is newscast. We are now basically like NPR, as far as I can tell. Everyone, my name is John Edward. Zeke Baker is on assignment, a very special assignment, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. Now, my favorite, NPR is my favorite, so when I used to actually do the student radio station, we would bring in some NPR shows, uh, like NPR type shows, like the political shows, And um, but I love NPR radio because it's just a different tone of voice. Like when you do sports radio, it's like, hey, my name's John Edwards, with me as always is Tim Heisler, and together we make the Knob Creek Running Club. Like you do- Ugh, Jogging club. Sorry. We jog. It's okay. My it's bad. Okay. No, it's fine. But NPR is like, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Knob Creek Sipping Club. So I am a huge podcast listener, I must say. As I am on the road often, there are certain podcasts I listen to. I will also say being engulfed in the world of spirits, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are either storytelling or I would say often not always relevant to the spirits industry just to kind of change the narrative and to change my space. But there are certain podcasts I know as much as I love them it's like, all right, I'm getting on a flight. I want it to be sleepy time. As much as I love this podcast, I know as that plane starts going and, you know, certain people's voices kick in, I'm going to call out like, you know, 99% visible with Roman. He's got an amazing voice, but it's a very soothing one. And if I'm a little tired, I don't care how interesting the, the subject matter is, I'm taking a nap and I like it. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to re-listen to the whole thing. But he's got, you know, certain podcasts, they, they have that effect on me and I like it more so than music sometimes. But so from somebody who is a radio guy, a terrestrial radio guy, it's that Kiss FM voice opposed to the other stations. Like, you know, you get the rock guy. He's like, hey, we're sitting here. We're listening to like 1970s Led Zeppelin. And then you get the other guy at Kiss and he's like, 96.9, your home for soft rock. You got the full setup. I know you practice. You have the microphone. You even went like a slightly different centimeter away from your your mic there when you were doing the, like you know that's training. I don't have a full setup in my apartment. I just I can see you know I can see you're like ooh two centimeters closer. I'm gonna get a better better effect on this voice. Oh no, that's what they do. the The soft rock guys go right up. Their lips are almost right on the microphone. Right up to it. I Speaking of music, so for those of you that don't know, we're going to talk about his promotion. Tim Heisler used to be the national brand ambassador for Beam. Am I getting it right? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was covering the East Coast uh, for the James B. Beam Distilling Company for the past five years. I had five, five years with the company, actually. This Well, no, in July. So two weeks ago. So two, two weeks ago, I had five years with the company. It's been... It's a dream, man. I love I'm, I'm, I love the company. I love the distilleries I get to work with, well, specific distillery I get to work with. And um, But I mean, you know, we have other stories around the world, but I, I'm very, very, I, I love the company, love the gig. And then, yeah, recently got promoted. I'm on the global brand house team now. So working a bit more closely with the brand specifically. Um, still working very closely with Fred and Freddie in Kentucky and the James B. Bean Distilling Company, um, but expanding the territory a little bit to now 
help oversee some of our global expansion, which is really exciting. I get to get to see some new markets, work with some new team members, continue getting to do fun Tuesday evening whiskey chats with you as well. You know what I mean? So I'm not going too far, just a little different scope and a little different team. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned all that, but the thing that I really have to ask you more than anything is what was it like to go see Rage Against the Machine? So got to see Rage Against the Machine on Friday night in Pittsburgh. I will say that was either my fifth or sixth time seeing them. It was incredible. It was, even with Zach sitting down, it I was, was still incredible. Say, even with Zach, broken leg and all, literally so Run the Jewels comes out. Never seen them before, but I've always wanted to. Amazing. Great performance. Uh, lights go down. 30-minute break. Lights are all down, and you just see two security guards literally carrying <laughs> Zach across the stage, and they sit him on a chair or a speaker. It wasn't anything. It was like, I don't know, like a little bench. It was not. It looked like an equipment food. box from the stuff that yeah, I saw. Yeah. Like Yeah, like an equipment box, like just a black box. No back to it. They just sat him down. They ran off the stage, out comes the band, and they just ripped. And I mean, he can't he can't stand up. I mean, and it was amazing how much of a stage presence and how much energy and how much he can still control that large of a crowd without running side to side, without jump. I mean, just sitting. But I'll also say, you know, their camera work, the way that their backdrop shows his face and his, you know, you get up close a close-up of his face singing, it's still extremely powerful. But it was um it was great, man. I mean, the four of them, it, they it looked, they felt like they all wanted to be back on stage together. The energy was high. It was, it was cool. It was really, really cool. It was a great night. I love following your Instagram because you're always someplace new. You're in a new city probably every week. You had just gone to Tales of the Cocktail and then we're at Tales, hit Pittsburgh on the way back, saw Rage. I mean, I, I love it. You're absolutely a road warrior has that kind of been the same with your new gig or is it a little bit more it's it's interesting so literally coming right to talking with you after i just had a little meeting with my new manager and the the travel should actually slow down a little bit i'd say this past year and i also before tales was on personal time so i was like overseas doing trip i've been waiting to do since before the pandemic see some friends over in europe so i was like it's been a really, really crazy few months, but moving forward, uh, I really hope to be like a 50-50 split. Like, I mean, I, I got home. I'm home right now. I'm in New York for the next two weeks straight. Incredible. That is not common. Quick little trip out back home. So moving forward, it should be, and I, you know, we always say this, you know, hopefully a 50-50 split. Things come up, things change, you know, events pop up and meetings pop up, but I'm hopeful to be spending more time in New York. I've been here for four years and man, does it suck having that feeling. I know other people shared. It's like you're paying for a storage unit and it ain't cheap and you're never here. Like it sucks. I really like, I like being in New York. I want to spend more time here. So I should be spending more time here now, which is great. You're moving to this brand role. Is that something that you would spend more time in New York or are you going to have to go down to Kentucky more? Like how's that work? So our global headquarters for Beam Suntory are, is moving to New York. Oh, there you go. So there you go. So Beam Centauri is opening a new office in New York in September, October. Construction is real. I'm very hopeful it's September. That's when it's supposed to be August, September. So opening an office here in New York, 
So we have a lot of our global team members from the brand side, both you know from Chicago, from Japan, from all over. We have a big office here. So I'll be working more closely with a lot of people there. Yes, spending more time in Kentucky. And then, as I mentioned, some overseas travel. We're starting to see more of our small batch whiskeys get seated in some in some other you know overseas and international spaces. So yeah, it's still it's all falling into place. I just joined the team two months ago. So right now, working on first big trip will be over to Australia. So if you're tuning in from Australia, I'll see you in October. So that's the first big thing we're working on is a big trip over there to do a bunch of stuff with our small batch brands uh, in Sydney and in Melbourne. Awesome. Yeah, man. Come on over. You want to come with? I would love to go to Australia. So I am obsessed with Bluey. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bluey and I wouldn't expect you to, but I don't. it is a kid show. It is a cartoon and it is Australian and it is about four blue healer dogs. So Bluey is the older daughter. She's six. And then there's Bandit and Chili that are the parents. And Bingo is Bluey's younger sister, who's about four. But all they do is play. Like, it is just imaginative play and hilarious. This is a current show. So, like, my nieces and nephews will know the show. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus right now. Okay, and season three is about to come out. But it is literally the best kids show. It's one of those ones that has enough humor for the parents. Still, like, the kids love it. I don't know the last time I was able to go to my siblings and my nieces and nephews and suggest a kid show to them. Because I obviously don't have any kids. So I'm excited after this to text all my siblings. I'm on a five minute. Yo, you guys know about this show, Bluey? So I'm, I'm now I can bring them something out of the world of whiskey that is more relative to, to their to their homes. So, so the one of the I'm reasons confident. I want to go to Australia so bad is there's an Airbnb in Australia that was recreation of the Bluey house. <laughs> Like, I've always wanted to go to Australia anyway. One of my good friends, Denver Kramer from Denver and Lily Glasses, he is out there and hell of a guy. He was just here for Whiskey Live and I missed him because I went Saturday. Like, I got the pass to go Saturday and he came in and went Sunday and he's like, mate, can you come out? And I'm like, man, I just hung out like from 11 o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Like, I'm on dad duty now. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm 100% looking at this Airbnb, highly doubting me, but I'm, I'm looking this up. I'm going to, I'm going to. If I yeah. find it, I'll text it to you. It, it's great. I'll but buy, yeah. Getting back to the topic at hand, there's a lot going on with Jim Beam and you were coming on. I, I wanted to talk about you and congratulate you on your promotion and what Thank you're you. going to be doing with the brand team, but you're here for a reason. There is a, a reason that people asked you, voluntold you that you had to come hang out with us again. And that is because the Jim Beam Distillery is putting out Hardin's Creek. Now, these are two different whiskeys. One is called Jacob's Well. One is called Colonel James B. Beam. Give me the rundown about what these whiskeys are. I'm going to give you the rundown. I thought you were going to say the reason I'm here is to talk about Rage Against the Machine. And then you reminded me, no, we are here to talk about whiskey. I had to take the power back. (laughs) Nice, nice drop very well what i like to do one of my favorite things to do ever is like really deadpan dad joke use song titles to have regular conversations that's good that was a that was a good drop i hope everyone out there caught that one anyway yeah so we're we're here uh this evening we're talking about hardens creek so hardens creek is a project that and so to to bring everyone to the james b beam distilling company real quick so during the pandemic we 
shut down our, you know, obviously tours and guest experiences. And we had already planned on building a new craft distillery so that we could have more freedom with innovation, more freedom with experimentation, obviously a larger scale production going on. Um, and that distillery was designed and built for our now eighth generation master distiller, Freddie Nub. Fred and Freddie, so Fred Sr., seventh generation, Freddie, eighth generation, are currently at this time, both side-by-side master distillers, which is really cool. It's the first time we've seen this in our distillery's history. The grand reopening of the distillery, of of the craft distillery, was was super special. I was really bummed I wasn't there for it. Um, You know, it was ribbon-cutting ceremony, and uh, I'm sure you can find on the Instagrams and on the YouTubes, you know, video footage of of Fred and Freddie kind of revealing it to the world. But really, really beautiful space. I'll say, if you haven't been there, we are open for tours. It's um, the educational experience there, just from, you know, a tour perspective, Megan Breyer and the team and what they're doing is, is it's really, really top notch. We've got a new restaurant there. I love spending time in Kentucky and I'm really proud of what the team of the distillery has done and, and built and is, and, is, and is hosting every day. But so this is a project that Freddie's been working on. Hardin's Creek is where uh, Jacob Beam first settled. So going back to 1795, uh, when Jacob Beam first moved to Kentucky, he first settled on Hardin's Creek. And this was, you know, when you get into 227 years now of distillation history, you know, the stories, the history, the heritage, it's all there. And so Hardin's Creek is being released as an annual release, whether it's going to be this year is the first. We're releasing two different products next year and the year after. It might be one, might be two. I don't know. You, you got to ask Freddie that. I'm not, I'm not supposed to tell, not supposed to say too much. But the two that we're talking about this year. Uh, the first one, yeah, Colonel James B. Beam, in honor of Colonel James B. Beam, who got the distillery back up and running after Prohibition. Uh, this one's really interesting. This is a uh, this is a two year old whiskey, which we just distilled to a much lower proof than we've seen at our distillery since reopening to Prohibition. And then the second one, as you mentioned, is Jacob's Well, uh, which is referring to the well that Jacob Beam pulled his his water from, um, which which we can get to. Freddie says we need some four wheelers if we want to get out there, but I'm holding him to it. Not sure when I'm going to get it. I think I'll be down there next month. Every time it's like, yeah, I'll get some four-wheelers. We'll go check it out. And I get down there and, you know, it's a distillery. We're open 20, operating 24 hours a day. So there's not a lot of time to ride four-wheelers with me. But maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll stay on a weekend and see if I can't take them away from the wife and kids to get to get out there. I'll just come up there and we could just figure it out. Like just. That's what I'm saying. Freddie, tell me where the four-wheelers are. Yeah, I need one other person to help push this. Well, be- before we talk about the actual whiskey, I mean, I do want to talk yes. about the distillery first because you were yeah. mentioning it. And and for those people that don't realize it, I mean, Freddie has been doing amazing stuff with Little Book and, and blending. Yeah. I said when I originally talked to the folks, the PR folks that, that got us together, even though we're buds. We sidebar until the PR team says hey you guys now actually have to record your conversations we say oh god fine we absolutely did sidebar i don't want to like spill the beads (laughs) to the vr people but tim and i did sidebar (laughs) but i said to them i was like i think freddie is by far one of the biggest innovators in whiskey right now what he is blending together so this distillery is basically like his playland it's giving him the freedom to be a renegade of funk and really just i got two in there that time by the way are you googling rage against the machine song titles on the side right now is that what you're doing and just trying to see how you can slip them into this podcast a hundred percent i fully support it 
A hundred percent. I have it up. So I have a computer underneath my iPad screen. I saw you doing it. And I have rage songs up and I was like, how am I going to work these in? But it, it, it is giving him the freedom to be a renegade. He's really trying to just, I mean, this is his way of saying, okay, Jim Beam White Label is going to stay the same. Knob Creek is going to stay the same. Old Overholt's going to stay the, like all these brands are gonna maybe, well, you know, but for the most Innovation part. Innovation everywhere. But Freddie, you go out here and do this. Yes. And he's been getting, and I got to give Freddie credit. He really, I mean, he was designing this distillery from the ground up. He really was. And we will be distilling some of our small batch products at that new craft distillery moving forward. So like Bookers and Bakers, all of that is now being distilled at the craft distillery, right? So we have the Claremont site, which if you've been to this, the distillery before, it's still there. It's still operational. I mean, the craft distillery is 100 yards away. It's still in that same kind of campus, if you will. Eight miles, 10 miles down the road is the Booker No plant, which is in Boston, Kentucky. That's pretty much producing Jim Beam White Label all day, every day. I mean, Jim Beam is, you know, still our number number one selling bourbon. So we got to be making that all day, every day. Um, but this craft distillery is going to be doing Booker's, going to be doing Baker's. And then, yeah, experimental stuff. So when you look at the innovations and things that Freddie's been pushing, like you mentioned Little Book, we're doing a lot of stuff with rye whiskey right now. Uh, I can say we got a 100% malted rye coming onto the table pretty soon. That is just, we had just some of this, every time we go down there, Freddie's opening up barrels and pouring out samples. And as often as I get to talk to him, I, I like to think I know all the things that he's been doing because we sit down we have a few drinks and he's oh yeah this you know this then the other and then i get down there and he's like pour, pour. i was like what where did, where did this come from so i didn't tell you i was doing that and it's awesome i mean it, it's great that he has the the freedom to do it but i think what's even more incredible is that he has the passion and the, the ability to i mean he's he's to walk around with a distillery with him he's he, can i curse on here i'm not supposed to yeah you can uh, you can curse he knows the shit yeah. that's what i'll that's what i'll say and i've really enjoyed for the past five years, being fortunate enough to work, you know, work for for the distillery and for the brands that he's been that he's been pushing. The opening of this distillery is is it's massive. Hardin's Creek is, you know, the Colonel, the two, the two year old, the, the Colonel James B. Beam is is a product that he distilled. The other one we're going to talk about, obviously, he did not distill because it's much older. You know, you talk about Little Book, you talk about his expertise in blending how he views blending, the blending lab. It's definitely pushing the envelope for what I think a lot of people know as American whiskey. I feel like since he's kind of taken over with being the master distiller, or not taken over, but, you know, is now equal, right? It's almost like he's calm like Mm -hmm. a bomb. Like he's got all this stuff going on and he is just ready to explode. That's four. That's four that I've caught. That's four. I'm literally in my head. I'm not going to Google rage song titles because there's already a few that in my head i'm gonna try to drop in calm like a bomb was not one i thought you'd be able to sneak in there so it's literally uh, five so far but um i I mean you've seen the movie super troopers yes meow meow yeah exactly yeah so this is your version of super troopers with tracks of rage and i'm i'm fully here for it i'm actually pissed i'm only at four but i'll i'll i'm gonna have a listen to this so i'll I'll get them all. You have no idea how many times I've actually done this in actual radio. Like people don't realize like the games that hosts play with each other. So like I would do like Kentucky pregame, postgame, and we'd be like, all right, today we're going to do X. Like you got to say this word as many times as you can. And we would just play a game with each other. 
when I come back on the next one of these, I think you and I should have like a already predetermined game that Zeke's not in on because he missed tonight. You and I can have a little side battle and see if he catches on. That's so the yeah. funniest thing. This, no, no, no. The funniest thing is if Zeke is not on the show, he will not listen to it. So. <laughs> And and everybody knows this about Zeke and everybody loves this about Zeke. But if he's not on the show, he's not going to listen. I know my enemy. It's Zeke. That's who I got to look out for. Will he testify to that as well? He will. There's no shelter. His mindset's a threat. And like, I have to go after that. Six, seven, eight. He just got to nine. He just got to nine in that in that one sentence. I are doing great. You know, all we're going to do, this is just going to be a revolver. And can we pour? Can we? Can we? Can we pour one of these out? I mean, yes. now, now, Can we, now, everybody now. who's listening is going to be like, this was so much fun for them, but this show sucks. So yeah, come on. Let's, let's, if, they, if you haven't, yeah, let's, let's start pouring some whiskey. Let's start talking about this. Cause if they, they haven't already turned on one of their albums and like, what the hell is going on? I so. haven't, we're going to settle for nothing less here. We're going to go ahead and, and have these. We have Colonel James B beam and we have Jacobs. Well, which one do you want to go with first? Uh, I'm going to say, I mean, let's, let's start with the, the Colonel James B beam. Let's start with the, with the two-year-old, both of these coming in at 108 proof, but let's definitely start with the Colonel James B beam while from a storytelling and historical standpoint, yes, Jacob's well was obviously first used to be our water source. I'm going to start with the James B beam, Colonel James B beam, um, at that two-year-old mark. So this is where Freddie stepped in, wanted to start bringing our distillation proof down. I like to think especially if you're tuning into a bourbon or a whiskey podcast. I know when I first getting in the world of whiskey, the biggest, it's always been, what's the mash bill? How old is it? Right. Those are like the really, I know, eh. but there, we all, there's so many more elements, whether it's distillation proof, barrel entry proof, parts of the warehouse, chill filtration, carbon filtration. There's so many other levers to pull. Um, and it was, it was, you know, for Freddie to bring the distillation proof down, see how these, uh, alcohols are going to start interacting with this barrel at a much younger age. This is just not something we've really ever experimented with. I mean, the way in which the distillery for literal actual generations has been going, what I really, again, I would put Freddie up on a pedestal sometimes, but he's just challenging what's just been widely accepted at, at that distillery for so long. This is how it's been done. This is what we're making. This is what we're going to keep doing. And Freddie's really coming in and kind of flipping the script. And he's he's questioning a lot of different departments on, great, I understand that's what we're doing, but why? Why are we doing it? Let's change it. Let's experiment with it. Let's see what happens. And there's been a lot of support behind it. Other people go, you're crazy. And then they start trying his whiskey and they're like, oh, dang. All right. So- I'm going to be serious here. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be housing. I, I just want to get into this because I feel like I, I screwed around a lot before. Maker's Mark did a really good job. I mean, I we had Jane and Denny on, same family yeah. of brands, right? But they basically said they had like a seven-year project where they went in and said, okay, you stir the water in the pond this way, why? And then they figured out some things were the reason, like there's a reason why you stir the water in the pond a certain way. And then they yeah. had the, the makers that just came out, that whole pack where they put it in at different distillation proofs and they were testing to see is maker's great where it is or does it need to be someplace different i really think though that that is an area that people haven't looked at enough right so if you're looking at makers and you know you're going to get that certain age wheat 
has a certain profile. Okay, maybe you don't want to mess with distillation proof and things like that. But if you're Freddie and you just have to kick out the jams, like you have the ability to just play and do whatever you you want to, you can play with stuff like that. Here's the thing is it's a big distillery, right? And there's a lot, there's a lot invested into it. And we have a lot of uh we make a lot of products, right? Let's call a spade a spade. You know, we're we're not just making Jim Beam. We're not just making Baker's Bookers and Opry. Again, we call it Old Granddad, Old Overall, Hardens Creek, Hazel Hayden. So there's a there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And so with with that, again, there's a lot of jobs I don't envy at that distillery. Um, Freddie's is one of them. You know what I mean? Like the warehouse management team of managing where all these barrels go and the Tetris that is warehouse management. I don't envy those jobs at all. But when you do tweak elements in a big system, there's repercussions to it. And sometimes they're really great. You know, Freddie sometimes will pull barrels and will pull barrels out. And they say, you know, maybe this was intended to be, let's say, Knob Creek nine-year-old. Let's say that was the intention nine years ago. And it's not. And some people might say, well, that's a defect, but sometimes it's like a really, really delicious defect, right? And it could be based on where it was placed in the warehouse. There's so many different elements that go into it, but every now and again, these, these things happen. And I would say sometimes we're almost lucky to be able to have such a wide variety of barrels and warehouses and all these things to, to, to almost play with. But um, when it comes to just quality, putting out a quality product, and, and also with, the, with these products in particular, kind of for the American whiskey drinker, taking on a journey of trying something new. This one in particular, the Colonel James B. Beam, you know, at, at, at a two-year is really, it's unlike anything else that we're putting into a bottle right now. I mean, in my eyes, it wouldn't just be auto logic. Like you would think of certain things like logically, okay, that's a nine-year Knob Creek that you're not going to do anything with, or or maybe you're going to dump it into a blend. You look at it and say, this is an error. This craft distillery, I mean, you're probably just figuring out what the heck you're going to do with everything. That could go under a different brand name, maybe some other time down the line, whether or not he uses it in a blend or whether or not it's like, hey, we have this single barrel catch-all name that is called something else that we haven't even named yet yeah i mean it's it's uh yeah i can't speak too much to what's coming out in the next <laughs> i know i get you in years. trouble i get you in trouble every I time get, you're I on got in trouble last time so i know what you're trying to do and i'm gonna stay i'm not even I'm trying gonna... to do it though it's just me being a geek and like wanting to geek out about jim beam and then we end up yeah, but you know i do roll. too and then but these are recorded so then i get I forget they're being recorded sometimes. I know. I'll stop. Anyone that's drank, anyone that's drank with me in person, yeah, it's like, oh, damn it. We got but, in trouble. Uh, we talked about this is an ADD podcast, and, and this is the problem. This is the great thing about having friends on and the bad thing about having friends on, but we got in trouble for the, the Basil Hayden Toasted. Don't Be- bring up what we get in trouble for. Let's talk about- Well, what I want to say is because I think this- <laughs> this goes in line with what this thing is and and it wasn't that we said anything bad it wasn't that we said anything we shouldn't say it's that we said it too early but the main part of basil hayden toasted that i thought was cool is that rice was a part of the distillation that is something that freddie is doing different he's like hey this basil hayden we're gonna push the the envelope a little bit and you you all might remember when we did those uh really cool jim beam releases about 10 years ago there was a rice distillation one that you are pulling out right now and uh, that signature craft series that was great and that's pushing the envelope way ahead of its time 
And that's the thing that I wish got talked about more with that toasted was that it's rice. Like, who cares that it's toasted? Everything's toasted. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it, it's a it, here's the thing. These are the things that Freddie's doing across brands, right? It's amazing that we have two very different things to talk about basil and toast, whether it's the toast finished in the toasted barrels or the brown rice going into the mash bill. But these are the things that Freddie's doing, right? And, and, and it, it's not limited to that. It's not stopping at that. You just said this is an ADD podcast. Yeah. When you sit down and chat with Freddie sometimes about where he wants, what he wants to do next, sometimes it is also, it's, there's a lot of gears turning. And, I'm, and for anyone that's been, you know, in the world of whiskey, whether you're an enthusiast, whether you work at a distillery, whether you're a bartender, whatever it may be, those wheels don't stop. Because if you've, if you've tried as many as we've tried, hashtag responsibly, always, of course, got to say that, throw that in there. Uh, but you, we, you understand that. We, we're seeing, I think, such a big push in flavor development and also kind of challenging just the standard, you know, or sorry, the norm of, of American whiskey. So these are two two great examples of it and not a lot of it out there. So it's, you know, we understand, you know, we, we know the, the, the scarcity game and, and, and but also being able to, to let people taste something extremely unique um, and extremely special. So and then we also have stuff. Like I just showed that's behind me on my shelf here. That's produced all day, every day. And hopefully your liquor store has it all year round. Every, you know, and your bar has it all year round. So got to make something, something for everybody. Well, I, th- I think some of the thing here too, is that it is boring for me, at least for me to give a voice to the voiceless. I really think that like finished whiskey is annoying. At this point, to me, like I'm just so sick of finished whiskey. It's very. Did you say? Did you say finished? Finished wine. Finished. Oh, finished. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like wine finishing was something that Scotch did. Scotch is barley. It's not sweet like bourbon. I don't know. And this is just my personal opinion. I feel like the wine finish dries out the sweetness of bourbon, and I don't always love it together. Blended together, right? I've had maybe some that are okay, but never one that I'm going to sit there and reach for over a regular bourbon. I feel like bourbon's so complex on its own and and just, I don't know. I feel like it's also just bourbon did it because that's what Scotch did and they felt like they just needed to do it. And Freddie's like, yeah, I could do some different stuff. Like, what about changing the entry proof? What about doing different things with aging? What about adding different stuff into the distillate? Like, that's why I'm so jazzed on what Freddie is doing rather than just being like, hey, yeah, we took Booker's and we put it in Sherry. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to do that, by the way. So that one probably not going to happen. Booker will come back for the grave if you start doing that, I imagine. But it is fun to see what we can tinker with but I, I mean again it's that blending lab because we've always thought blends are like uh i mean you know if you look at the definition of blended whiskey and american blended whiskey yeah it's not the most attractive thing and you can get kind of gnarly with it but if you talk about like a class a you know if we were to determine like what is a class a style blended whiskey something like a little book or etc so when you get into these blending rooms and you start mixing these other styles of American whiskey together, there are some really unique flavor profiles and some, some cool stuff you can get out of there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's the whiskey game ain't slowing down. We, we, we know that. So, and you just said you don't reach for something over and over. Like if it's in a wine finish and I mean, hell it's your podcast. You can say whatever the hell you want. It's rare that I reach for anything 
over and over because there is such great variety out there for it. Like I love sitting at a bar and just, I mean, I walk into places all the time and I don't, I walk into a liquor store in a different state and I'm like, what, when, where, how did, where did this come from? You know? So, I mean, I also will say, you know, working, working specifically in the whiskey industry, sometimes we, we drink the Kool-Aid, right? We're always involved in what our brands are doing, what we're working on, what Freddie's working on, what our distillery is working on. So I really challenge myself. I think more so recently, just because sometimes you get in that funk, you go, oh my God, I walk in a liquor store and I'm like, whoa, it was like a shock to the system and I got to get back out there and go start trying other stuff. And that kind of goes month to month, but anyway. Touche. I mean, when you're down on the street and you're in different places and you're trying everything out, yes, you never know. You're spoiled. I'm spoiled. We get it. (laughs) Colonel James B. It's Cheers. Let's drink something. I already had a sip. I've been sipping. I've had multiple. I just didn't publicly say it. Yeah, it's interesting that call and repeat. Like I'll go to tastings, and oftentimes everyone will. I'll, there'll be whiskeys in front of everybody, and I'll be chatting about this Hardin's Creek that we're sipping right now, and I'll pick it up, and someone's asking a question, and I just start sipping it because I'm just comfortably sipping it to remind myself what we're talking about. But everyone else is like, "When are we supposed to sip it?" And I sometimes forget that. I, oh no, you're supposed to be ha- having it with us right now. We didn't do the whole walkthrough of how to spell and taste. I'm like, if the whiskey's in front of you, it's fair game. It was already poured for you. You're at the tasting. Please enjoy it. You know, you need a refill. Sometimes you got to tell them in the middle of the tasting, like, wake up. You're here to drink whiskey. Go ahead and that's do it. That's typically only like, you know, the very tail end of a whiskey fest and people are four hours in. That's that's <laughs> never a fun thing to have to say to somebody. But I have been there. We were uh, very quick side tangent. My last flight home, because we were talking about the crazy travel stuff. I want to make a travel bingo card. I think I'm going to do this. You had a this was big problem in Europe. Monster problems in Europe. But crazier time going from New Orleans to Pittsburgh, 13 hours of delays and whatever. But I finally am on my way and I get the over the intercom. If there's a doctor on board, please hit your call button, which I've never had seen in or heard in real life until this moment. And it's because was well, uh, multiple things I can I think happened, but I believe it was just someone that was drunk. Five hour delay. I think someone got drunk at the airport. I think they're thrown up in the bathroom. I know they were because the flight attendants weren't very quiet about it. It was a new flight attendant. I don't think she really knew how to handle uh, someone that was intoxicated, and they immediately called for a doctor. And I was like, if there's not a doctor on board, that means they're going to turn this plane around and go back to Dallas right now. Anyway, there was. It was all good. I've just never had that happen on a flight. But as you mentioned, the end of Whiskey Fest where someone, you know, maybe was overserved. I'm not promoting that at all. Of course, everyone should be drinking responsibly. Please don't have your car keys with you. But it was one of those moments I'm like, dang, like that guy had a rough five hour delay at the airport. I was clacking away work, but I was like, man, that, that, that was a rough flight. And if you do call the doctor on a flight, when you land, you need to let the ground know. So as our plane came in, there was more ambulances and fire trucks at our gate waiting for us to get there just because some dude was drunk throwing up in the bathroom. And you're like, as we pulled in, this guy was like, get me off this plane. <laughs> like, no one stand up until the medics come on. No one stand up until the medics come on. So I'm just like, yo, I got to see this guy. Is he like real messed up? Is he just drunk? And as soon as we, he like comes running down the aisle way and the one flight attendant's like, sir, you need to sit down. He's like, no. 
I'm the guy they're waiting for. Get me off this plane. <laughs> I felt I felt kind of bad for him, but also not really. But anyway, he was fine. We made it. All is well in the world. So what do you think? So Colonel James BB. I know you're trying to drop another Rage Against the Machine title. No, I, I, I have okay. the card. Right, so I'm actually trying to be professional right here. All right. Welcome. Um, we can Welcome roll. To the professional part of the podcast. Yes, we can roll right here and we can go right to Hardens Creek. So this is 54% ABV. It is $79.99. Now, this was inspired, and we, we kind of talked about this before, but it was inspired by the post-repeal method. So right after all that kind of prohibition blends and all that fun stuff, early, you know, 1930s 1940s method of beam here Mm -hmm. yep so again just lower distillation proof um that's really i mean that's what really is 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 setting this aside and then obviously with that lower distillation proof and with the bottling strength you see that we're talking almost no water being added to this product from from barrel to bottle very very small amount we're really just allowing you know different flavors and and different congeners to kind of to pop out and shine in this you know i'm a firm firm believer that i've tasted some amazing two-year-old whiskeys i've tasted some amazing eight-year-old whiskeys i've tasted across the board good and bad you know i taste some horrible 15-year-old whiskeys right it goes back and forth so this is one we really wanted to challenge people that if it's good it's good you know and as freddie was was going through this because he wasn't in his brain going to be launching a two-year product until he started tasting it. And then we started bringing it to our, our tasting panels and a lot of other people at the distillery. And they were like, this is, this is really unique, very, very different whiskey from what we've tasted coming out of our barrels before. Uh, so this was a really cool opportunity to, to showcase lower distillation proof, what a lower distillation proof at a younger age can, can, can do. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful whiskey. I get, the beam nuttiness i mean the the nose definitely a lot of vanilla and i know that's a cop out to say you get vanilla on bourbon but i think it's very present on this and then it's almost like a war within a breath between the vanilla and the nuts like i get on the the taste here but we have 15 is that 15 we'll we'll go through i'll i'll tell you every single one because there's a ton that you did not catch no 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 I've been catching them. I just haven't been laughing at all of them. I'm very proud I've of you. Catching them. I've been. I've been catching them. I should have. I should have been writing. Writing down. But I will tell you I all the I'm, ones at the end, though, that we have okay. gone through. But it is. It is the vanilla, um, the caramel, the nuts. I love it. I. I don't love the price, but I. And and I will say this. And this is my whole take on on the price on this one. I could give two shits that it's two years old. And and I think that people start, you know, everybody paid a shit ton for Peerless. Don't tell me that you won't pay a good price for young whiskey. Like that is not, when Peerless first came out, it was 120 bucks. Everybody bought it. Stop. But I just think that I, me, as someone who is a drinker, when I feel like something is, a drinker especially from jim beam i don't fully think hey i want to pay 80 bucks for that i'm like repeal batch is one of the best things i've ever had and it is under 20 bucks you know you think about the distillers cut jim beam that was out so i'm thinking of it not as i i think when hardened creek first came out 
and it almost tired me where you hear people talk about like okay it's two-year whiskey for 80 bucks like screw that it, it's not that it's two-year whiskey for 80 bucks it's that i would like to buy more than one of these and drink it and i think it's a good sipper i would rather especially because it's younger and if you think about the pipeline of things i love how beam does a lot of stuff where they like test and it's like okay we're putting repeal batch out or we're putting old tub out do people like it if they like it we'll make some more of it because it's not that hard like we have the reserves there i feel like this is one of those ones that if it was a little bit less that it would be hey you know and, and you can do the whole marketing thing with it that it's not just hardens creek it's like okay this is you know it's already kind of post repeal so you have the repeal blend you have post repeal blend i don't even know what to call it but yeah and i mean i i i i hear you i do and i mean between the production the limited run of it um obviously you know availability packaging all the things that go into creating a product like this and what what freddie put into it to create it you know on the back end it's it's uh again all these innovative and experimental runs that he did that he does um it's not because it's not the same of what we have been doing for so many years there's always a price equated to that so i i, I definitely hear you I, you know but as you know as you mentioned there's dozen you know, handfuls of companies out there charging just the same or more but again the one element that we're harping on is is just the number and what we really want to try to drive home is that if it's good whiskey, it's good whiskey. Yeah, I mean, I I think screw the the age, right? The age isn't. Yeah, you're paying for the craftsmanship of you know recreating what was done before. I just you know I would almost love it to be like without a face, like you could take all the packaging off, and you don't need to have all that stuff on there you could do something and make it more affordable. And I would just love to drink it. Like, I don't think putting it at 80 bucks, like is like a snake charmer price or anything like that. I think it's more of one of those things where I want to go back to it. I want to go back to it, but I do love, you know, and in, in full disclosure, cause I've probably been screwing around too much with my friend. This, we tasted this before. And there was yeah. a Zoom call. Freddie led the Zoom call. I got these samples, and I've literally been sitting on these samples. I, I opened them that day. I've been sitting on these for two months until Tim stopped traveling so we could get together and do a podcast. But I love tasting the Colonel James B. Beam next to the, the Jacob's Well because you have that, you know, you have that young prohibition style whiskey compared to the old refined it's almost like the old guard versus the new guard when you're sipping these next to each other it really is and it's it's amazing to think to put these out side by side and i think that's part of that that journey and that kind of exploration of your palate and learning what you like what direction you want to go in i mean i don't care how seasoned of a a whiskey drinker drink whiskey drinker you are you're always going to find something out there that challenges you. Right. And to do these two side by side is, is awesome. You really, like you said, you're, you're seeing two entirely different styles, but both bourbon whiskey is just made very differently at different distillation proofs and different ages, different, different warehouses, different parts of the warehouse. So uh, these really are two drastically different whiskeys, but both coming together to tell kind of just tell that story of what, of what's been going down at, at Freddie at Fred and Freddie's distillery for, 200 plus years 
I mean, I will say, and I'm not, I'm not crapping on what Freddie did with Colonel James B. Beam, but like Jacob's well is a fistful of steel compared to that other one. I mean, it is 15 and a half years. It is full. It is bold. Like everything with it. And and I always say like going back to horse racing and stuff like that, when you have one of those grade one derby Preakness Belmont Breeders' Cup horses, they carry themselves a little bit differently. They have a bow in their back that's a little different than the other horses. That's how I feel with this Jacob's well. It's like you get a little warm up with that Colonel Beam. Oh yeah, the color alone. James B. Beam, I was just tasted the, the Jacob's well. This is a blend of a, a 15 and a 16 year old. So it's a 15-year-old high-ride bourbon and a 16-year-old bourbon, uh, exact percentages of which I forget. I think Freddie might actually – I think last time I was Freddie. I think you said it on the call. It's it's an old yeah, granddad mash. It's 50-50 split. One, one, one's a little bit higher than the other. It's not quite 50-50, but it's – But it's old granddad mixed with Basil Hayden, right? Uh, well, it's a high-ride bourbon, so yes, something similar to – OGD and then uh, more probably more of a, a Jim Beam at that sixty at that sixteen year point. My bad, but close enough. That's okay. Close enough. It's okay. I don't think you're going to get in trouble for saying that because that is something that that Freddie openly said to members of the media on a Zoom call. So I, I think you're yeah, good sure. there. I do. It's just like even with that high rye, I don't get the spiciness. This is 108 proof, 54% ABV, just like the other one. And you don't get the Kentucky hug. It is a very, and, and it's a testament, I think, to the blending. And here's where I'm kissing Freddie's ass a little bit, but just the the testament to what he can do blending this together to have this be such an easy sipper, but like a complex, easy sipper, because I get the oak, I get vanilla, I get you know, fruit. I get the nut of Jim Beam. I, I think there's just a lot going on here and you sip it and you're kind of like, oh damn, that's a good old whiskey. Yeah. This one, uh, again, big, big contrast to the first one we had, but yeah, I love, cause we, you know, at, at the distillery, we don't release a lot of products in this age range. I mean, you look at our, our core lineup, you know, Knob Creek in the nine year age range, you know, we got the 12 year release recently, but you know, Booker's in that six and a half year range. We, we don't do a lot of whiskeys at, at this age statement. It's just not not really what we do. So this was a really cool one. These are some really limited, you know, again, these are small batches of barrels that we've sit on and seen where they're going to go. And this is this is where Freddie gets to gets to play around and, and get in that blending lab and, and create some cool stuff. Freddie was giving me crap on that Zoom we did about 184 months. <laughs> me not being able to divide 184 by 12 very quickly. But who can? Who can divide 184 by 12 very quickly? I know there's a bunch of listeners out there be like, uh, I can. Well, good for you. <laughs> they got, they got, I tell you, they said everyone's got a calculator on their phone. They got a TI-83, TI-83 calculator. They're, they're punching away over there. I but used to love playing the games it. on the TI-83. Like when somebody had a game and they're like, dude, check this I out. This game. Let me yeah. <laughs> that none of the games well, we, we know, could I talk mean, about. Putting the months on the bottle was cool because... That was something, you know, you go back to when we had a bunch of the decanter. I don't have the decanter. You know, obviously those decanter series we did back in the day. A lot of, you know, we were pushing a lot of our spirits. Just We pushed them to months. You know, we started putting the months. And I, I, a lot of that was because bourbon wasn't really selling. We know that. But I like that we put the month statement on it. I hope we start doing more 
releases or more kind of packaging in, in, in the regards of months because it is a little tip of the hat to the to the days when when we didn't have to fight for bottles of whiskey at, at the store and you could probably get whatever whatever you wanted but I guess it's also a good thing that those days have passed because you have a podcast and I have a job so those are those are cool things you know those are fun things those are fun things I mean I really love the Jacobs well I'm not afraid to say it 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 is really one of my favorite things that i've had this year so far i i'm not like i'll be completely honest with you it's the heaven hill 17 the old fit 17 i haven't had the russell's 13 yet but this jacobs well i'm not lying is up there with me with one of my top five things i've had so far this year and i'm being completely honest beam the the colonel james b beam i think it's fun and I think it's a great, you know, it's a, a, a solid drinker, but you have these two together and you're like, damn, that Jacob's well is just, but that's where my palate gravitates. And, and I do, it's like, I'm appreciative to try the James B beam. And, and I know you're on here to, to talk about it and get people hyped up about it, but it's just unfair to have these two next to each other. Cause you're like, Oh shit. It's so good. Well, then next time I'm going to do one podcast on one and one on the other. That's what we're going to do. And we will pick Start two over. bands, two Start different over with bands. A new band with a new, yeah, we need a different band for one and another band for the other. We need a mic check here. Like we're no, starting not. over, mic check, new thing. Zeke will be on next time. That guy's a microphone fiend. You never know what's going to go on with him. Fiend. Turn on your radio. Actually, no, fucking turn it off, and then start over again. But. Fear is your only God, but that that's not. <laughs> See that one? Okay. Now, all right. Now you got to stop because now you're stop. Did, did you hit 20? Were you tallying these or do you? Okay. Do you want me to tell you everything we did so far? So tally this while I, I tell want, you. I just want, here's the, here's the thing. I just want the number before you list them off. Because if anyone has listened to this whole thing and was keeping a tally mark like I was, I just want to know, and I'm sure they want to know before you list them all. Did you keep a tally mark or no? No. I, I can only do, I mean, because I'm trying to weave them in, so I couldn't necessarily. You're trying to weave them looking at all the titles. Okay, all right. All right, all right well, so. My count, after you just snuck that one in, which made no sense, was at 21. Which one was no sense? The one where I was like, no, 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 that's the last one. Whatever. Oh, no, that was that was a song lyric, so that doesn't count. I, that, oh, I thought song lyrics are also counting as tally marks oh no i wasn't doing song if i was doing song lyrics i would have been at 100 by now i was just doing song titles no oh yeah so i had auto logic so that's one uh bomb track is two calm like a bomb is three clear the lane is four down on the street is five fistful of steel is six freedom is seven i'm housing is eight in my (laughs) eyes is nine kick out that the jams is 10 know your enemy is 11 microphone check is 12 microphone fiend is 13 mindsets a threat is 14 no shelter is 15 renegades of funk is 16 revolver is 17 roll right is 18 settle for nothing is 19 snake charmer is 20 Take the power back is 21. Testify is 22. Tire me is 23. Voice of the voiceless is 24. 
Wake Up is 25, War Within a Breath is 26, and Without a Face is 27. And the one that I snuck in that I don't think, I tried to sneak in one early on, it was Testify, and I don't think you caught that. No, I counted it, because I, I said, this is a joint okay, effort so at this you point. Didn't cut, yeah, okay. So 28 songs and countless lyrics uh, in this beautiful podcast. But the bottom line is, if this hasn't been completely evident to you throughout this whole podcast, Freddie No is doing really cool shit. He has his own distillery now. He's basically been given a playground. And and I'm not going to weave in Rage songs anymore. Like, this is, he's been given his own kind of workshop. And it's, do your thing. We're not going to stop you. We're not going to get in your way. Just go tinker. And whatever you come up with is what you come up. So I think Harden's Creek is kind of like, he's got Little Book, but he's kind of got a theme with Little Book that he somewhat keeps to. Harden's Creek is now his ability like, all right, whatever the hell you want to do this year, you just tell us. He's going to do some really cool stuff. And again, I'm not, can't tease out, can't tease out next year. But I can tell you that 2023's projects for this are really cool. I'm very excited about 2023 spaces. I'm Uh, very excited as well. And next time you come on, I won't, but it was just fun. Thank you for. I'm impressed. I'm honestly impressed. I'm like the first person to tell this this podcast to is be my, my brother Bill is the one that introduced me to Rage Against the Machine when I was in like seventh grade. And I'm going to have him listen to this and be like, "Tell me how many songs you catch." Oh, but see, that's oh, there you so go, live and, live and rare album right there. Talk about tattoos you get when you're 21. There's one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I will tell you right now that before every high school wrestling match I had, I listened to Great. the first Rage album. It is the self titled album. Still to this day. I could listen to that. Like I'm at the gym. I love having that album on. Um, that's the album that got me to play bass. And then I uh, stopped playing bass and started bartending. But oh, here we are. So I'm just know. happy I know how to play Killing in the Name like on the guitar. I can't play half as good as Tom Morello. But like when you could do the do 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 You can't play a quarter as good as Tom Morello. Don't no. lie to yourself. But fun fact is, if you know anything about the guitar, Tom Morello just he's almost like the Bob Ross of playing guitar. So <laughs> there's no mistakes. There's happy little accidents. And that's how he learned to do the stuff he did. So did you just make that up? Because I feel like Tom Morello would really want to hear that quote. Well, he talked about he didn't compare himself to Bob Ross, but he said that he tried okay, to I find. Like, I don't know. Did you just okay? I, I made I up. Heard that. I made up the Bob Ross part, but his interviews, he said, "I found myself trying to find the mistakes, and then he found the other sound." So, like when he figured out how to make his set guitar sound like a helicopter, or I mean, is it weird? Is it weird to tie some of this back? I'm not. I'm not even bullshitting to what Freddie's trying to do of find these things, these levers to pull that are just not having been having not been pulled at the distillery. Like that's the brain. I'm not saying I'm a big mastermind, but there's a reason why I was keeping the Rage Against the Machine theme kind of going because it is, I think, what Freddie is doing. Like everybody else is sitting there going, okay, we got to do wine finishes. We got to do this. We got to do that. And Freddie's like, yeah, screw that. We're going to play around, do all sorts of different stuff. We're going to figure out what works for us. And and what I find is like, okay, what works for Jim Beam White might not work for Booker's. 
So everybody's got to stop thinking like, okay, you got to do it this way for this really like every different brand, every different line is different for a reason. So celebrate the differences. Don't be like, all right, you got to do it this way. And I think too many brands sit there and go like, well, somebody else is doing it that way. So I got to do it that way. It's like, screw that. Freddie's like, yeah, I don't really care what they're doing. I'm just going to go do my own thing. I could give two shits. I was going to say, he usually has a few more cuss words in that <laughs> sentence, but yes, you're exactly spot on. Yes. He is a no. So, I mean, Fred or Freddie, either he's, one. He's, yep. Yep. He is. A, yep. He sure is. So but, yeah, it's uh yeah, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to, fun to be a part of, of, of the, the process that he's doing. I'm excited. I'm excited to tell him that he, he was getting a, Somewhat comparison, either Bob Ross or Tom Rello. I'm not really sure, but it doesn't really matter. But yeah, both. 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 He's, He's, if you're in, well, no one's going to hear this before this Sunday. Freddie and I have a bet coming up for this Sunday. Uh, he's throwing out the first pitch at the Cubs game at Wrigley. And I saw him recently. And Freddie's, I will admit, got good hand-eye coordination. Can be quite athletic. His children are as well. So he's, you know, he's got, he's got a little bit of athlete in him and he's throwing the first pitch. And I was like, I've seen the not top 10 of people throwing out the first pitch. We've all seen that. Right? I mean, everybody's so seen Baba Booey and 50 cent and. Oh my, it's terrible. Terrible. Like, you know, they're bad. They're, it's not, you don't want to be on the not top, not top 10 of the first pitch. So I was like, you've been practicing, right? He's like, no, oh, you got, you got to practice. Like that's, you, I, I know it's a quick toss, but you got to practice. No, nah, nah, I got it. I'm like, I'll bet you $20 the catcher has to move. Like, they got to oh, stand up, move. I would take that bet easy. And he's like, I'm done. I'll do it. Yeah, of course. I was like, you're not going to practice. He said, nope. His wife, his wife, Kay, was there. And I was like, Kay, you hear this? I was like, do you think, do you think he's going to be able to do it? And she kind of shrugged and she's like, ah, like, I hate to say yes. Cause like he is, I was like, no, like he, no, there's no way you have to practice that. You can't get out in front of a baseball stadium and just like, I would be so nervous. Like, I think I can throw a baseball to the catcher's plate, but I would be out on the field every day this week. If, if I had the opportunity, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Practice though. But I would want to rip it. Like I wouldn't want to be up and th- you know how like people lob the ceremonial first pitch. I want to, you want to rip ski and hutch that. You want to throw it down the center. I'm like, I was a pitcher in little league. Like I, you know, I want to get up there. I want to kick the leg up. I want to try to give the heat, the high stinking yeah, cheddar. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I promise you. Cause I was going to try to get, to, I can't, I got them staying home this weekend, but I got, I got the team there. So my, my manager, I was like, Hey, you gotta do me one favor this weekend. I need a very clear video of this pitch. I don't want there to be argument. I got. I, I hope. I hope it's a very successful pitch for him. I don't want to see him on the not top ten. But I'm really trying to win twenty bucks. That's all I got to say. That catcher's got to move and stand up to cap. I want twenty bucks. That's all I want. That'll make my weekend. I didn't win the mega millions or whatever the other day, so twenty bucks will make my weekend complete. It'd be great. I can't wait to see that. You got to share the video with me as well. Oh, I will. I'll, I'll text you on Sunday. Hundred percent. Perfect, Tim. It is always a pleasure having you on. I hope it was as much of a pleasure for the people as it was for for me. I had a blast. I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying my Tuesday night. So, <laughs> well, thank you. And where could the people find you now that you're doing uh, all sorts of cool stuff? Um, I mean, 
I'm still in New York. I'm still going to be on the road floating around. You can find me on Instagram, T Heisler. I'm sure I'm, I know if you always put up posts, I think you usually tag me if we're going to be putting a post up for this episode to follow along with travels and my uh, large family, not my own children. I know this is uh, the, the dad show. I'm not a father myself, but I got mad nieces and nephews and a big family. But here's but, the uh, thing. People always think that like they have to be a dad the dad's no. drinking bourbon it's just describing that both of us are dads like that's it right no i know yeah i just wanted to preface the fact that i'm, I'm it's okay that i'm not one so i just want people you know oh understand yeah if you're following me you won't see my own children you will see my siblings children so but there are children involved in in the journeys they're just <laughs> my siblings children but yeah i'm on the road you'll see me down in kentucky uh i hope to see you soon thanks hope everyone's staying safe if you want to find hardest creek it's out it's uh, it's limited. It's at the distillery. It's in eight states. I'm not going to list them because I don't have it on my computer screen. Like you have the Rage Against the Mesquite. I took them down. Uh, I took Rage down. Yeah, okay, okay. But uh, if you can find Hardens Creek, the, the James e. Beam, or the or the or the Jacobs Well, pick up a bottle. Drop me a note if you got any questions. I hope to be back. And thanks. I hope. I, and, and next time, Zeke. Oh, we got to have a game to play with Zeke next time. Let me tell you. We're gonna have to say like meow or just like something. Something. Just mess with we'll him. Sidebar. We'll sidebar. We'll sidebar about it. Trust you me. We'll talk about his girlfriend over and over and over. But oh, that's rude. <laughs> Go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. And you can find us here in Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Thanks again, Tim. Thank you very much, John. You have a great night, and uh, I will text you on Sunday about my. winnings or losings. Cheers.